The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I am Cheryl Jones, your host, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today I'm talking with Elizabeth Hack. Elizabeth's the founding director and editor of the San Francisco Peace of San Francisco Peace and Hope, a literary arts publication. The anthology is a collection of poetry and artwork with local and international voices that offers a positive vision for peace and hope in the world. Ms. Hack founded SF Peace and Hope the day after the 9-11 attacks, and it was part of her personal grieving process since she has strong family ties to New York City. The book recently received a Gold Seal Award at the Dancing Poetry Festival held at the Legion of Honor near me in San Francisco. Welcome, Elizabeth. Well, hello. I am so delighted to be here, Cheryl. So happy to have you, and I do feel the timing is especially good because there's been, uh, for many people around me and myself, um, such a press of world events in the last month uh, month or so that have, have uh, got many people I know feeling um, in need of a response to it and kind of... Uh, beat down a little bit, so I'm yeah. very happy to have you here today. Yes, well, I, I understand. Um, as, as you said, the blog was uh, founded the day after 9-11, and um, it was uh, it, it, after the uh, World Trade Center attacks, uh, I uh, decided to, to, to start a blog uh, because my family is originally from, from New York City. Um, I only spent one year there. Uh, my father was in the military, and we moved around a lot, but my home base was always New York City. So mm. it was a home away from home as, we, as our family traveled quite a bit. You know, I can, uh, I can relate to that in the sense that I moved around a lot, too. And so, uh, however, without, not the same as you, I never really had a sense of home. But oh. I can imagine if something had, um, if I had returned to one place many times, that would have maybe felt like my heart home. That's it, what happened to me. Yes. That that's very profound kind of experience. I imagine, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've I've found that where I live now. I've lived in the same place now for a long time, and it has a lot of meaning when you move that much that's to right. well, connect to place. I found my home here in the Bay Area in 1979, and so this was my 
my my uh, home that I found at last, and then New York City was has also been, been my my home as well, through particularly when I was growing up. You know, when when nine eleven happened, uh, I was so aware of the absolutely global impact of that event that people were grieving all over the planet about that. Uh, and you're, you're a good example. You know, we're 3,000 miles away, but it didn't feel far to me. And it That's felt true. closer to, I'm sure, to you. That's right. It did. It felt very, very, very close. It just uh, pounded on my heart. Uh, well, the whole world. Uh, but having this uh, relatives and family, my mother was from Manhattan, my father, Brooklyn, and all these relatives there. And um, and then I'll talk later uh, what happened a decade later as it became really personal, as I had several family members in a very short period of time, which which caused um, the um, the the uh, online publication. It went from a blog to a, to a full fledged pub- publication. But after nine eleven, it was a blog. And Kit Kennedy, who is a local um, poet, she she got many poets on board um, at the start. You know, we started with two or three, and it just. Groove. It was a very small platform, and uh, it really did help me um, with 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 uh, just the grieving process and the connection to, to New York City. You know, one thing that interests me about that is that I I often find that right when something happens, there's a sort of inward motion, and then kind of a creative burst, but for you, they were simultaneous, really. That's true. Uh, You immediately wanted to share expression about what you were going through. That's true. That's very perceptive. And, And was that you before that event? Is that kind of your personality, or was that somewhat, um, uh, notable? You know, this was different for me, I have to admit. Um, I've been a painter for, for many years, artist, painter, and this was a, a different direction for me. Uh, and it was very, um, I've always loved poetry, and, uh, and uh, it's been a true love for me. And just, I realized just the power of poems during that time. Mm. And of course, I, I got artists to submit too at the very beginning. I, I you know, that also was very um, that that drew in that audience as well in a very small, you know, small but powerful way at the beginning. Getting these, you know, there, there was a lot of um, wonderful artwork and poetry, even though there were like started with five. Five uh, poems and maybe two, two actually two paintings, images of paintings, and it would grow every week. Well, that's the thing. Those kinds of impulses, they don't have to be... Uh, I, I find when we create things out of our mind, they sort of have to be fully formed by the time they come out. But those... Those kind of automatic creative expressions of experience don't don't need to be anything except they need to happen. That's <laughs> in right. Some That's way. it. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, 
And any little any little uh, sign that you know it's a communication with someone out there is so gratifying. I, yes, it really, <laughs> yes, it really would have an impact on me. Every poem that that was submitted, and every painting, image of a painting or piece of artwork that I would see, each one had a, had meaning, and it really did help me get through that that process after nine eleven. And then I thought, oh, well, I hope other people are are getting something out of this as well. But that kind of that that was really a, a revelation too for me uh, to answer your question. Just the impact, shared impact with with other people. And of course, I love words. So the idea that words were offering some healing um, has has some impact on me personally. You know yes. that that somehow crafting. Some words to express experience was tying people together. That's that's enjoyable to me. Let's give people a little cha- little bit of a taste of um, of what you've done over this time. Uh, maybe you can read the uh, Grand Central Station. Oh yes, um, yes. Um, so what happened was I was on the blog the day after nine eleven, and I saw this. I just saw this on a blog, and it was written. Um, it's anonymous, and it was it was put over a missing persons flyer at Grand Central Station's memorial wall in 2001. And it reads, "Every morning I see you smiling. I miss you. We never met." Mm-hmm. And so that that just that's actually started this whole process of um, that that just. That just hit me very hard in, in a good way, in an mm-hmm. inspiring way. But it also um, it also made me think um, of poetry and, and art, and that's how. I mean, it's it's interesting how one you can read something even very short, or see a painting, and it can have an effect. Absolutely, and and what really impacted me about that is the the web of connection we have that we're completely unaware of or usually completely una- unaware of the person you pass every day uh the people i pass when i walk down my street that i recognize but i don't really know them uh but if there was something that like that that happened in my neighborhood their absence would be felt that's right that's right you don't even have to speak to someone. You, you just see them. You know, the guy with the dog. It, it would be a different neighborhood without this guy that <laughs> walks his right. huge dog. You know, that sort of thing. And that, I think that just those few lines really, really capture that. And it seems like this other piece by Kit Kennedy is actually sort of related to that. That's true. Um, friends write my poems. And it's written by Kit Kennedy. And uh, here it is. 911 friends leave messages I want to use, not fall in, into the trap, saving precious for blind hands to short, short, shuffle, discard. May I treat their words like silver, use only often to keep luster. May we not lose courage or cower. 
My love flew away this morning. Later afternoon, she reaches a city. Its name, the sound, quail make. Please love fiercely. Again, about connection and the the ways in which an event uh, makes us hyper-focused on those important That's connections. That's true. That's a good way of putting it, hyper-focused. Absolutely. You know, no one seemed to comment on it at the time, but it it's highlighted, uh, a, a thing I thought at the time is highlighted by this uh, 9-1-1, 9-11 emergency. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. It, it did feel like that, didn't it? It really did, an emergency in every, in every way, shape, and form of the, of the word, 911, or phrase. And so, at first, it sounds as if it was kind of a, uh, I'm not good at remembering the dates when social media really hit the scene, but I think this was before that, you know, there was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, internet right. starting. Uh, so, uh, you might have made a Facebook page if it was five minutes ago, um, but you made a blog and people had to find you by internet. So, I'm assuming somehow people you knew were spreading the word. That's true. Well, Kit Kennedy was. How did that happen? <laughs> was quite instrumental with that. She she um, she is widely known in the Bay Area poetry uh, community, and so she was very helpful. She's also um, a good friend, and um, so it happened through Kit, and it just happened through friends through the art community that I had, and I would share it with with people I knew, and then I sometimes I would ask a, a poet friend or a, a, an artist that I knew, do you want to submit something? And it was just very casual at that point. But again, it, it just did, um, it did, it did help with, 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 with my being process with, with what happened with 9-11 and my family, uh, you know, just my relatives being there. And of course, then connecting with this, this horrific event, worldly event in itself, just uh, in in many different ways. It was just connections that I was just, it was very new to me in that way. Mm. Yeah, I, I often think about the fact that, of course, those types of events were happening in many parts of the, the world before that and since. Um, but as Americans, um that many people dying at once in the U.S. was quite a new event. Oh, it was definitely, yeah. Definitely. So it made it more personal, yes? Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. and, and did your relatives in New York, did they uh, read the blog? And how was it for them to have you out here inviting people mostly here, some there, I know, to share about what they were experiencing? Well, they would read it. I would share it with with, uh, family members. Uh, It was very low-key. And so, um, yes, and it was very, um, you know, it was was always 
you know, it was always positive sharing it with, with relatives and also uh, friends from New York City and just uh, reaching out to, 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 uh, to a place where I've, I've spent so much time and then the connections uh, that developed over the years. And, you know, I can imagine that that could have just been enough. You know, you write a little bit about that particular event, and then it it becomes less intense, dulls a little, and then that's the end of the project. But that that's isn't right. what happened. That's right. That's not what happened at all. So it, it, it surprised it was, you or turned into something maybe you weren't quite expecting? Absolutely. It was, uh, when I look back, it was probably the biggest surprise of my life, uh, what happened, what was to come. And I can certainly talk about the um, fast forward 10 years later, or, you know, I can talk about that or whatever you'd like me to share about. You know, well, we're getting, we're getting close. We're getting close to our first break, but this idea that first it was sometimes, you know, I'm not a great gardener, but I love garden uh, metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in a way, there was a seed that you put in the ground and it, it sprouted a tiny bit right away. That's true. But, but uh, grew over time. That's true. In and, a very unexpected and, way. In very, you've said that a few times, very unexpected ways, because you didn't pre-plan them, because you didn't anticipate them? That's right. I did not anticipate when, when the family loss started happening, what was going to happen with, with, the, um, with this blog and the effect it would have on me. And, and I just felt um, compelled to um, just immerse myself even more in a, in a different kind of way. So let's talk about that second uh, period of loss when we come back. It's time for All our right. first yeah. now. Listeners, you'll find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America to like me on Facebook, follow me on, Pleader, t- on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, etc. Please, please do so I know you're out there. And uh, to find Elizabeth Hack and San Francisco Peace and Hope, you can go to SanFranciscoPeaceAndHope.com, SFPeaceAndHope.com. Be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. It's your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Elizabeth Hack, the founder of San Francisco Peace and Hope, which, through the arts, seeks to find some peace and lend a voice to grief events, world events, through poetry and visual art. And uh, before the break, Elizabeth, we were starting to talk about this second big impetus in San Francisco Peace and Hope, which was uh, more than one, it sounds like, several losses in your family that kind of deepened your commitment to the project. Do you want to talk some about that? Yes, that's that's what happened. So a decade later, 10 years later, I'm still, the blog is still going, um, but then um, I decided to... um, into a full-fledged online publication, and I got a professional web designer. And then Al Young, he's California's poet laureate emeritus, he, he said he would write a foreword for, for the publication, so he wrote this inspiring foreword that to this day he, he updates it with every issue. And then um, Kit Kennedy continued to get more... Um, poets to submit. It became more of a submission process at that point. And then uh, Jeannie Motherwell got on board uh, with a series of interviews. And in fact, she's the cover artist for our recent book. And so, but what happened, what inspired that was, um, uh, first, my, my father passed away in 2010. And of course, that, that had a very big impact on me. But then uh, in 2011, uh, 2012, my mother passed away. Um, uh, my aunt and an uncle, and then a, a close cousin, uh, first cousin, she, he committed suicide mm. in New York. And there, these all, what, what these people all had, I mean, they were very dear to me and close to my heart, but they were all born and raised in New York City. And so uh, I started undergoing the grieving process in a whole different way when, when I started to receive um, this, uh, when this, when this occurred, um, when I set it up in a different way. I wasn't expecting anything to happen. I, it, it, you know, the, the um, 
the the loss and the deaths be, just happened to happen, just ha- happened during that time frame, right mm-hmm. after I got the designer and all of that. And mm-hmm. so um, this is what it turned into for me uh, on top of thinking about the world. So the um, personal and the worldly, looking at the... Uh, at the work became one, and I had I've never, never ever have been been through anything like that before. That intrigues me very much. That uh, that connection. I, I think about this a lot. The uh, the griefs of the world. Uh, Francis Francis Weller, who I interviewed, has the idea of five gates of grief. And one is uh, loss, worldly loss, you know, like nine yeah. eleven, like yeah. like the refugee crisis, like global warming, all of that, yeah. and then personal loss, and you know, etc. But that those are all doorways into our own experience of loss, and you got them intersected, kind of without your permission, away. That's right. It, that must have been very, uh, oh, I don't know, um, jarring. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was. It really was. And to have so many people at once, um, and even my little dog passed away, too, during mm. that time. Mm. You know, it was just an unbelievable amount of loss uh, just right after I decided to make this commitment to turn it into this, just to a new level, uh, this public to from a blog a small blog to a publication you know i have a, i have an idea and i'd like to see if maybe you uh feel this way too about it that there's a way that grief connects human beings uh, oh yes you know there we're all subject to losses we handle it really differently that's sometimes, true. but it's a, it's a part of living that's kind of universal, that's we could true. say. And so then we take that, and you were already thinking in universal terms, and I wonder if that perhaps affected this very personal loss. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, it did. Could you talk about that a little bit? If, if it's possible to express. Well, let me see if I can express it, but I, it, I understand. I think I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, here I, you know, it's the worldly event and the poetry. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about um, it from the perspective of 9-11 and, and, and from the world perspective. And then actually experiencing uh, loss in such a... Uh, personal way in such a short period of time, it's like, uh, what do you turn to? And I thought, okay, the poems that some of them already had. I kind of read the blog and I said, oh, Mm. this is really helpful to me. Mm. And this is healing. This is healing me just reading the the other version uh, before it became the the publication. So it, it deepened in personal meaning. It did. It did. That that makes a lot of a lot of sense to me. You know, there's um, 
I've heard a poet say, and I'm blanking his name right now, <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, if you get specific enough, it's universal. Oh, yes. That's very good. I like that. Uh, so I can imagine, even though a lot of the work was about worldly events, that it was capturing the emotional experience of loss and grief. That's right. And that deepened for you in that time. Is that fair to say? That is definitely what was happening. And what was it like in the 10 years in between? Because it had to have been building in some way to have resulted in you taking that big step of, I'm sure, paying some money and, you know, to to kind of... um, intensify what you were doing before the losses, yes? That's a, that's a very good question. Well, I was just continuing um, in, in a, you know, of course it was about 9-11, but then I would, I also, I also um, had nature poems in there uh, because um, it, um, you know, also a connector of, of uh, people and what's going on uh, with climate change. And so it just... Um, it's, I brought in my horizons in, in different ways from, from the actual, uh, losses in 9-11 and the, the, uh, and the connection of New York to, to nature and, uh, then, um, you know, through a lot of nature poems too, which, which after, after the, um, when the, when the online publication started in 2011, I was reading those in a different way, too, um, the ones that were submitted in the blog. Mm. Because you were then maybe thinking about cycles. That's right, the cycles. Uh, another guest, Mark Libino, wrote a, wrote a book of spending time after his wife died in uh, Yosemite that's all about... Uh, that entire experience through the through the uh, lens of nature. Yes, that's true. That's uh, I think happening. I think that it does make that more intense, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Everything became more poignant. Everything that I would read, and so that's what was happening. So I got more and more um, just immersed in this whole project because I I just you know just from different angles and different perspectives and. Then, of course, the the personal loss that was uh, to follow ten years later, after nine eleven. Uh, I wonder if you could share the poem broadside because that's sort of what happened to you. You got broadsided by life. That's true. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, and I do have a poem here by Claire J. Baker. She's a local uh, Bay Area part- poet, and I can read that. And uh, it reads. When life smashes broadside, like in a sea storm, we are all driven like waves, dashed against rocks, sharks lunge, sting, rays sting, crabs nibble to the bone, seaweed tangles, pulls us, broken into the ocean. As we sink, we hope the storm is temporary. An alien passage that will pass by dawn, we ask, can we pull ourselves together? Remembering the rescuing force of love as we struggle to surface, resume our lives for good, for good. 
And sometimes if you're being hurled about too much, you're sure you won't. <laughs> that's, that's what was happening. I was being pushed and shoved from all directions. So we need other people to say, will you maybe be able to <laughs> That's right. That's go right. forward? So that must have really spoken to you. I can I can imagine that just being a bomb. It's it's interesting, isn't it, how someone speaking the pain is actually reassuring? It is. In some it, way? That that's exactly how I see it too. Um there's there's company in the grief. There's uh connection and also connecting, as you say, with grief connect connects. And it's not the way I used to connect uh, before that either. And so it just opened up a whole new side of me personally. Oh, that's interesting. Because, of course, I'm interested in how we change as a result of loss. How would you have described yourself before these experiences? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I'm not sure I can really describe it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me think about that one. Um, I... Uh, well, grief just makes you um, a little sadder, for one thing, or a lot sadder. And so I think I became a lot sadder. But at the same time, there was a whole new dimensionality, at the same, at the, at, which made up for any of the um, happy feelings. I mean, living in dimensionality, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. I like that word a lot, dimensionality. So that, that makes me think of the word depth. Yes, that's right. Uh, and you don't sound like a, a hugely sad person, I have to say. So <laughs> I have the idea maybe uh, sadness is one part of a lot of ex- of, of experiences. Or that's right. Emotions. It is. It's like comprehensive, but it has definitely opened me up to that, and it. Uh, you know, it just, uh, and then with the poetry and art, just all the different dimensions that go into a poem, and then the changing that happens from the worldly, uh, like we talked about from 9-11, and then it, with the, with the uh, publication uh, that, that was started in 2011, the shift there and the way I, I was looking at things as well. Mm-hmm. Now I I also noticed uh we were we were talking in a fast pace and we kind of went by it fast but it keeps popping up the idea that you had to had to or chose to over time uh become maybe more discerning about what you did put on the website did I catch that right That's that, right you you caught that right yes Tell me what led to that because I'm imagining first it was just whatever people posted was welcome and wonderful. Um, this that's just my imagination. Yeah, well, uh, I think yeah, yeah. And then what led you to be a little more, um, I don't know, cautious or uh, uh, to say yes to some things and no to others. Well, I just realized it was going to be a longer type of publication from a, this was a small blog, and I was starting to learn about um, just the, um, not learn, but just starting to edit in a certain way, where Mm -hmm. I wanted one poem connected to the next, 
uh, where it almost tells a story. And if you notice in the book, uh, and actually the, the last four online line issues in the publication are divided by chapters. And in each chapter, it t- tells a loose story. Like mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in the book, there's peace and hope. And it starts with uh, a quote by Robert Henry. There are moments in the day when you see beyond the usual. And then there's a chapter two, beginnings, and then it goes on to conflict, the journey, place, nature. Uh, and then chapter seven, hope, hope. Hope is a waking dream, eternity. That, that's, the, that's the name of that chapter. So because I started to work this way, I wanted certain themes, and I wanted, um, wanted it to uh, each poem and and piece of, of artwork to connect to each other, and in reading it, it just, um, one poem might talk about the moon, and then the, the, next, the next submission might have, might be a painting of the moon, and it was done in a way where at the end, you reach eternity, and I know this is kind of, um, how do you do this with poems? Well, this is all, you know, this is all... Um, creativity here and and that's that was my my vision for this that sounds like it was relatively organic i guess is the word that that's comes it. to mind that it just evolved over time that you had more of an idea what you wanted to express that things would or wouldn't fit in with more than kind of um bad piece of writing or good piece of writing, but does this, is this in the flow of what you're trying to create? That's true. That, that, that's, that's, um, I, I like what you said, definitely. But also the poems, if I got a large amount of poems that were about a journey, ah, a journey chapter. So it was organic in that way. Uh huh. So it kind of, you're kind of, Interacting with what comes to you. That's right. Missions, and then and then figuring out what your viewpoint is. Uh, that's that's interesting because when things start, they they have a sort of uh, free flow quality often, and then over time they they kind of gain form, but hopefully hopefully not lose their heart. Uh, that's right. Oh, yeah. never not not with this. Uh, it's just. Uh, <laughs> It would be hard with poetry, wouldn't it? We've come to our second break, so uh, we'll be back soon. But listeners, take the opportunity to go to my website or the Good Grief Host page, and you can get to my website on the page. And to find Elizabeth Hack and the San Francisco Peace and Hope Project, go to sfpeaceandhope.com. Back after the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I'm here with Elizabeth Hack, founder of San Francisco Peace and Hope, which cultivates both peace and hope and the face of a troubled world through the arts. And uh, before the break, Elizabeth, we were talking about your how your personal losses deepened your experience of doing this journal and of and of interacting with the poems and uh, how that has evolved over time. But I wanted to actually go back for a minute and ask you. Uh, about something that I'm noticing lately, this this reactive kind of phenomenon in our culture that we uh, now are inundated with because of social media and such. And I was remembering back to when uh, 9-11 happened and uh, initially, just this outpouring of grief and and heart, and then things became quite divided. And uh, boy, if you said no, we don't want to go to war. You you know, in the Bay Area, we were good with that, but kind <laughs> of uh, uh, broadly in the culture, uh, you could really get some bad feedback for that. And uh, there's a similar thing now, I think, with some world events and obviously the election and all of that. So I wondered if you've had any experience over the course of your time with the journal getting negative feedback for what you're doing or uh, sort of people not liking that you're, your mission well, that is a very good question, and I'm sure there are people out there that, in fact, the the title, San Francisco Peace and Hope, it, it can give the wrong idea about the whole uh, project. Uh, you know, it seems, uh, it, it's, you know, it really is about grief and spirituality. Of course, spirituality is so overused, but it's, it's supporting the literary arts mm-hmm. through, the, through poetry and artwork. And so um, I have to say the community who likes poetry and artwork, I feel very supported, in the, particularly in the Bay Area, you know, with what I've done. But I realize there are people who are just, you know, they're not, they're not into it, or they might look at just the title and say, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a San Francisco thing, you know, yeah. and not well, even know what it's about. 
Sure. I, I mean, I was remembering back to being a peace activist in my early life and how we were all called peaceniks in a very derogatory. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about that word for decades. Uh, but, you know, it was it was definitely an insult. And then, of course, we had to claim it. But, uh, you know, people would people would say it very negatively. Uh, at that time, so this is not a new thing I'm talking about, but you've no. been a little maybe protected from it by it being a, an expressive arts project, do you think? Well, I think I, think I am. Uh, you know, I, like I said, with the title, uh, sometimes I, I, I might say it and people get the wrong idea, and then I feel like, oh, I have to explain what's, what this is, but they still might not understand. Um, but with the, um, with, uh, you know, being in San Francisco and um, just getting uh, that kind of uh, feedback from the poets and the artists, it's been, um, you know, maybe, maybe I've been kind of insular with it in that way, mm-hmm. but it has been very supportive, very supportive. We've, we've had a every uh, annual fest now at our gallery, uh, and it draws a big crowd, uh, and it, it, we, we actually have a couple of musicians that play, and there are poets who are in the anthology that read, uh, mm-hmm. and also a couple of paint, painters show their work. And Al, actually, Al Young has has read uh, his has presented uh, his work at almost every event that we have. He's been quite supportive, along with Kit Kennedy and and the people that I mentioned earlier. Uh huh. So that's gratifying. It's very gratifying. And it I, really I imagine it's that's like uh, you know water on the ground that. I, it gives me a, uh, a sense of how the project has had enough um, fuel to continue and to That's grow. That's true. That is so uh, true. Sometimes things can continue in protest, but I, That's think, right. it's, I think it's nice uh, to have a positive direction, you know, to have support, to have appreciation to have participation of course that's right and I'll, I'll tell you these poets and artists they're so they're so there's so much um, there's so much fine talent in the Bay Area and of course we've expanded now to to, to New York there that's the second group of people who are in the in the journal uh, and um, then we have uh, someone from um, Hawaii Avon Jane she recently was named Teacher of the Year, and she teaches peace in honor of uh, Martin Luther King, and she's a, she's a poet. And then Bob McNeil, he wrote the poem, Any Place Alienation Drinks. And so, again, the, the current topics that are happening presently, tying it into the poetry, is, is the um, vision for, for, this, uh, for, for, for SF Peace and Hope. You know, you've you've naturally led me to where I was uh, next planning to go, which is kind of your hopes and dreams for what you're doing, because I I find once you are somewhere, hopefully you're enjoying being where you are, oh, yeah. and and there's a sense in human beings, at least in our culture, of uh, where is it going, 
And you just referred to that a little bit. Can you talk more about what your dreams would be for what you've created? I would say continuing with the um, creative aspects of San Francisco Peace and Hope and uh, the, the next anthology, online anthology, is due to come out in August. And um, it's covering new territory. And, um, and I'm amazed by the number of submissions actually about death this year, which is interesting, think, seeing what's going on with, with politics. And, mm-hmm. of course, and also some of the poetry covers ancient sites of history. And I go, where is this coming from? But it all is making, making sense as I, as I piece it together. And, of course, you'll see, see the online anthology when it's released. And, um, and I hope people enjoy it. You just said something that that captures my attention, that even though the submitters are not interacting, you find patterns in the submissions. Absolutely. It's just so interesting. Last year, for whatever reason, were kitchen themes, but it was tied into just being mindful. And then I, I tied it into just mindfulness, the whole, you know, the whole concept of that. That's so, that's so interesting. In a way, you're like the, uh, I can't remember what they call them, but in a Quaker meeting, there's somebody who pays great attention to everything and then <laughs> tries to create the sense of the group. Uh, <laughs> I, I find that a fascinating idea that you've got someone trying to put it all together. I've never you know. heard it that way. That's interesting. <laughs> well, does that resonate with you? Well, I just, I, I just, you're, I, you're noticing I, the patterns, aren't you? Well, I, that's what it's just the the the, the themes that I receive um, are are the, you know they make the call in many ways, and I organize it and. Um, and I say, oh, isn't this interesting? It's about this or that. Uh huh. And so you're you're uh, in it as the uh, the sense maker. <laughs> I, I guess if that's what you want to call it, uh, yeah, what, I, I would accept that. I would accept that. I would accept that. That's right. And I spend many hours. You know, making sense uh, as I immerse myself. It's very absorbing for me personally. And, of course, uh, people read and they present their work. And, and, you know, it's a collaborative. It is a collaborative um, effort on everyone's part. I mean, I couldn't do this without the artists, painters, and everyone involved. Well, it occurs to me that that, uh, you said you're a painter, so there's that art form that you do, but it sounds as if the other art form is actually putting together all these different pieces. I don't know, like a quilt maker or... You know, that's that's interesting you should say that because I do think of it as a composition. If I, I don't want to be pretentious, but that's how I kind of see it, where um, it, it kind of fits together uh, in a certain way. And since you started out as a response to 2001, obviously you've grown a lot past that, uh, but I wonder if people have the idea that 
they there's a there's you know they used to say the personal is political um that there is a worldly view to what you're doing to an, to an extent absolutely you know i think a painting and a poem i think it can have such an impact on on the world when you look at all the well-known painter paintings that have had an effect on each one of us or a poem uh, you know, it's just so, so, you know, everything, it can just have great, great effect on each one of us. And then I'm a real believer in that. And I think you see it in daily life. Absolutely. I'm, you just uh, flashed a memory. And I, I grew up, uh, I lived in New York for a short time myself. And I saw Guernica at the Guggenheim one time. Oh, did you? And yes, and then I was in Spain uh, last year, and we saw it as part of an exhibit about what went on in Spain that resulted in that painting, and it added so much depth for me uh, to just this visual image, to know what was impacting him socially when he created that work. Oh, yes. Uh, so that's that's an example, I think, of what you're talking about. It is. It's profound. It it really, really is. And uh, maybe sometimes we don't even know that world events are impacting our artists. And sometimes we clearly do know that. That's true. So I would I would guess that the writers that submit and the artists that submit to you are consciously aware of that connection. Yeah, I think they are, and I, I, because I, I, the the work is very. Um, there's so much meaning when, for, from a poem, and then maybe I'll put it in a chapter that that's unexpected for them. But it's uh, you know I've never gotten any bad feedback from people where they're so they don't object. Huh? <laughs> said, oh, well, why is it placed there? So it's uh, it's very, um, and the chapters kind of give it a certain po- cohesiveness. There's a con- because there, there's a conflict chapter. I can put some some uh, some work about war or violence or personal violence even, which I do think is connected as we're as we're watching. You know, uh, right now the many violent events and the impact that has personally and then as a global community. That's right. Could I have you share this uh, last poem by Jane Green, No Other Way? Yes, I'll do that. This is a poem by Jane Green, and it's called No Other Way. Men's beliefs, philosophies, thoughts, controls lead boys to death, women to woe, children to stare. There's a little flower shaded by the grass, Sun by the breeze, steadily growing, gradually blowing, seeds upon the earth. Every season promises another and another and another. I know of no other way. That sums it up, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> it sums it yeah, up. Here we, uh, here we are, just uh, season after season. That's right. Here we are. I, you know, when you really think about it in that way, it's, it's, uh, you know, there has to be hope. I mean, hope keeps us all alive. And um, 
And do I do I have something to read by, by Al Young? I, I'm sorry, but we've run out of time, okay. Elizabeth. All I was right. just about to say goodbye to you. Maybe All some right. other time. <laughs> Thanks right. for being with me today. I've really enjoyed our oh, well, conversation. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I, it was such a pleasure, Cheryl. Yes. And, and look, uh, I hope people will look for you at sfpeaceandhope.com. Yes. Next week, I'll have Hannah Willard, staff at Equality Florida, an organization actively involved in responding to the Pulse ma- Massacre in Orlando, Florida. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.